Hi, I'm George Foreman. Do you have an idea for a new product or invention? People ask me all the time, George, how do I get my idea in front of companies? How do I get a patent? What do I do next? Do you have the same questions? I'll tell you like I'll tell them all. Call my friends at InventHelp. Call InventHelp today for free information. InventHelp can submit your invention to companies who are interested in receiving new ideas. To get your free inventor's information, call 1-800-352-3719. That's 1-800-352-3719. Radio Influence. The future is now. This is Beyond the Badge on Radio Influence. A look inside the biggest and most controversial news stories you need to know now. One of the country's most relied upon law enforcement analysts, Vincent Hill. Hey, good evening and welcome to Beyond the Badge. I am your host, Vincent Hill, coming to you from Atlanta, Georgia. And if you're listening to my voice, do you know what that means? I'll tell you. That means it's Tuesday, it's 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and you could have been anywhere in the world, but you chose to stop by and listen to Beyond the Badge. And I got to tell you, Beyond the Badge, thanks to you, is becoming one of the fastest the fastest growing shows in the podcast arena. Every month, the numbers go up. The listeners listen. They tune in. They tweet. They respond to the show. And it's only because of you. It's not because of me. It's not because I'm good looking. It's not because of my voice. It's because the listeners listen. They listen to the message. They pass that message on to other people. And it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And I want to thank you for that. I love you so much for that. And I appreciate you. Now, the day after tomorrow on Thursday, I can't wait. I got to tell you, it's my first vacation in like two years. My son and I are going on a cruise. We fly out to Miami on Thursday. Hopefully this little Hurricane Matthew or whatever his name is will be long gone because one way or the other, Unless they tell me I can't, I'm getting on that cruise ship. It's long overdue. We're going on a four-day cruise, Key West, Nassau, Bahamas. So there's going to be a lot of eating. I've been in the gym regularly to get ready for this cruise. There's going to be a little alcohol involved, at least for me, not my son, because he's not old enough, and a whole lot of relaxation. And I got to tell you, I really need this relaxation because there's been a lot of stuff that's been going on in this world, a lot of stories That I've been covering here on Beyond the Badge, on Fox, on Dr. Drew Radio, on local media. All, of course, surrounding police, police shootings, whether they were justified, the Black Lives Matter movement, yada, yada, yada. You you name it, I've covered it, you've listened to it. Now, with that said, here we are again, Los Angeles protest of a 18-year-old shot and killed by LAPD. He was black. The officers were white. Now, he was armed with a gun. It started as a foot pursuit. He ran from police. As the police came around the corner, guess what he did? He pointed the gun towards police. So guess what police did? They shot and they killed him. Now, for all of those that think, oh, they could have shot him in the leg. Well, he did get shot in the kneecap. 
but it wasn't on purpose, I assure you. It was because that officer was probably moving when that shot occurred or something, but he also got shot exactly where police are trained to shoot, in the torso. He later died from, from his injuries. Now, of course, the powers to be in Los Angeles, the Black Lives Matter groups that mysteriously get from place to place, like to have their own private jet, are all in an uproar about this 18-year-old who shot and killed police. Or shot at police, I'm sorry. Or, excuse me, pointed the gun at police, should I say. Well, I said it last week, and I'll say it again. What type of police force are people expecting? At what point do people want to be able to tell the police, well, don't fire at them, de-escalate the situation? And what officer, white, black, or indifferent, when faced with a gun pointing at them, are going to say, well, sir, it's okay. You can shoot at me, but I won't shoot at you because you're black and I'm white. So, I will let you continue to be a criminal because obviously if you had a gun and you're running from police, you were doing criminal activity. I will let you continue to be a criminal and I will have my chief of police call my wife, my husband, my son, my daughter and say he was killed or she was killed in the line of duty because the suspect who pointed a gun at them was black. And so they didn't want to make the news, and so they didn't want to start a riot, they decided to let the suspect shoot and kill them. They paid the ultimate price to protect the community from a riot. Well, to all those people, here's what I say. Police always protect the community. Why do you think they gave chase to a bad guy who had a gun? Had that bad guy not been a bad guy and he just happened to be a citizen with a gun who had it legally, with like a carry permit like I have, and he just was carrying it because it's a Second Amendment right, and he carries it for protection, do you think he would have fled from police? Do you think he would have pointed the gun at police? No, he would have explained himself, oh, Mr. Officer, I have a carry permit. Oh, Mr. Officer, I am a law-abiding citizen. Oh, Mr. Officer, I don't plan on going to rob someone with this gun. I don't plan on going to kill someone with this gun. I'm just carrying it because it's my Second Amendment, Second Amendment right, and I'm a law-abiding citizen. Well, that does not happen when you're a criminal. You're a criminal. You run from police. Guess what police do? They run after you. Guess what police do when you point guns at them? They shoot at you. Chances are they're going to hit you because they go through years and years of training. Not just the police academy, but every year in service, they have to qualify. And most police officers, because I was one of them, go to the range quite often because they know at any given second there could be that threat against their life. But I know, I know. Police are the bad guys. They're domestic terrorists, right? They just go around. They terrorize the black community 
this only happens in the black community because of a systemic racial problem that is facing the black community when dealing with police. Although the officer in Charlotte was black and Keith Scott had a gun. And speaking of Keith Scott, while the city of Charlotte went in an uproar and was rioting and protesting and injuring cops on that same day that Keith Scott was killed, five white males were shot and killed by white police officers. But I thought this was a systemic racial problem. Did those white police officers who shot those five white males say, I'm shooting you because you're a white guy and I don't like white people, even though I'm a white person? Or, or instead of it being racial policing, maybe, just maybe, it's situational policing because just like in Charlotte with Keith Scott, those five five white males were armed with guns. And guess what they did? Just like in Los Angeles, just like in Charlotte, they pointed the gun at the white police officer. So, again, did those white police officers who killed those five white males on the same day as Keith Scott, by the way, stop and say, oh, sir, I'm not going to shoot you because you are a white American and you look just like me. We are a brotherhood, white power. No, they did not say that. You know why? Because the threat of imminent death or serious bodily injury was presented to those white officers and they reacted just like they're trained to do, just like it is their right to do. They protected their lives with deadly force. But I, I, I know what you're saying. Vince, why are you calling police domestic terrorists? Why are you comparing them to domestic terrorists? Well, you know, I've been in the front line. I know what police go through. But someone who has no idea what they go through, someone who's trying to get into office, who is playing the black community, who not too long ago made laws to keep them in prison and called them super predators. And one of their biggest financial contributors was a prison organization that had predominantly black people in their prison, you know, but they support black lives matter and they support that police killings have to stop in the black community. And they keep throwing this systemic racial garbage down our throats. I didn't call police domestic terrorists. Hillary Clinton did. And if you don't believe me, take a listen. I think that when you have police violence that terrorizes communities, that doesn't show the respect that you're supposed to have from protecting people in your uh, authority, that can feel also terrorizing. So. Well, Madam Secretary, first, let me correct you on a few things. We don't have police violence. What we do have are police reacting 
to situations. Again, you say it's racial. I say it's situational. So to cast police into being violent, you're doing a great disservice to this country. You're doing a great disservice to every police officer in this country. It's not violence for an officer to have to shoot someone who pointed a gun at them. It's self-preservation. It is protecting and serving the communities you say they're terrorizing. Violence is the city of Chicago, where more people have died there in that city than in the Iraqi war. That is violence. Violence is the young mother who was walking her daughter in the stroller in Chicago and was shot and killed by a random bullet. That is violence. Keith Scott pointing a gun at police is not violence. The police did not just go out and randomly do a drive-by and hit Keith Scott, unlike the 20, 30, 40 drive-bys that occur in the city of Chicago on any given weekend. That is violence. That is terror. If you want to talk about domestic terror, if you can't walk down your street without worrying about being shot, but yet you go around telling all of these black people that come to your rallies that, yes, I understand you fear the police, and I understand you should fear the police. What you should be saying is, I understand that you fear walking down the street, because that is the reality. Because at the end of the day, police are still there to protect and serve. And to you, Madam Secretary Hillary Clinton, want to be President of the United States, go ask Ebony Ivory, that's her real name, it's not the song, that's her real name, go ask her when she was having a heart attack and crashed her car if those five or six white officers who took turns giving her CPR were racist. Go ask her if they sat over her and said, well, I'm not touching her because she's black. I'm not going to touch her because she's black. They didn't hesitate for one minute. They didn't see color, just like they don't see color when they get a call about a guy walking in the middle of the street who makes furtive movements out in San Diego, pulls out an object, and gets in a shooting stance, and they shoot him. That wasn't about color. That was situational. It wasn't racial. It was situational. And if you don't believe me, go ask the family of Dylan Noble out in California, 19-year-old white male who did the exact same thing. And guess what? He was shot and killed by white police officers. So again, I ask, did they say, well, I'm not going to shoot you because you're white just like me. We got to stick together. White power. No, they didn't. What they saw was what they perceived to be a threat. They reacted to that threat based on their training. And again, based on their legal constitutional right to protect themselves. And while you're going on about police violence and guns need to be banned and all of this other stuff, don't forget, Madam Secretary, that while your husband was president and while you're running for president, you have a Secret Service agent on 
either side of you that at any given second would dive to take a bullet or they would actually fire at a threat and get you to safety. But yet you want to ban guns and the police are the enemy and they're violent, but you're surrounded by armed people all day, every day. Are they violent? Are they racist? I would say the person that plays the race card the most is likely the most racist person. You, Hillary Clinton, probably care less about any black person's hand, any black person whose hand you have shaken in the last year as you're on this campaign. But you go around and say you hear them. You understand them. No, you don't understand what it's like to be black. You don't understand that you can get stopped at any time. All this, these things that people are saying to you, I understand it because I'm a black man. It's happened to me. It happens. But do I put every officer in that category? No, I do not. Had I done that, I never would have went into policing. Do you not think as a young black kid growing up in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, I wasn't stopped by the police? <laughs> yeah, I was speeding on both of those times. But is that the reason they pulled me over? Absolutely not. But did I put every white officer in a category of racism? No, what I did was even at 17, 18, I manned up and said, well, shoot, if I wouldn't have been speeding, <laughs> I guess I wouldn't have got pulled over. I didn't say, oh, you stopped me because I'm a black kid and I live in Milwaukee. I owned up to my stuff. But I digress from that. Now, let's get back to this, this terror thing. Hillary Clinton, President Obama, Department of Justice. Let's get back to this systemic racism, systemic prejudice that goes on in the black community and that all black men are uh, treated different by police. They get killed faster by police, yada, yada, yada. Now, some will not like these stats. Some will make excuses for these stats. But here are the actual factuals. Right now, we're missing about 364 protests that theoretically should have happened. 364 riots that theoretically should have happened. We're missing some. And here's why I say that. 364. That's the number of male whites killed by police this year in 2016. 323 of them were shot and killed by police. Now, there's only a few of those cases where I know the officer was black. So, again, they didn't say, oh, shoot, that's a white man. He's not a threat. He's just like me. White power. Nope. That's not what they said. Go read up on the cases. The officers had what they believed to be an imminent threat of serious bodily injury or death against them. So 364 male whites in 2016 killed by police. 323 of those by gunfire, right? Now, let's add up some other numbers. 2016, only 207 
black males killed by police. 185 of those have been by gunfire. Now, you know, I really sucked at math in school, but 364 is a bigger number than 207. Now, I know there's some that say, well, it's because blacks make up a smaller percentage of the population, which is true. However, I will go further and say, now, let's not forget, since I've said this before, I'll say it again. It's not color that brings police. It's crime. And when you look at all of these cities where these police shootings have occurred, the crime rate is higher in the black community. That is an actual fact. That's not systemic racism. That's not uh, anything but what it is. That is an actual fact. And if you don't believe me, pull up the crime stats of those cities. Pull them up. And I will assure you they will be higher. So truthfully, it has nothing to do with blacks making up a smaller percentage of the population when 364 whites have been killed and 207 male blacks have been killed. No, it's demographics of crime. That's all it is. We can go back and forth about smaller percentage of the population. That's easy to say. But when you look at 5,000 shootings in the city of Chicago, what does that have to do with population? When you look at the murder rate every weekend in the city of Chicago, what does it have to do with population? Nothing. But what does it have to do with crime? It's that simple. So my point is this. Hillary Clinton can go on the campaign trail and spoo racial discrimination, systematic racism down our throats. President Obama can go campaign for her. Michelle Obama can do the same thing. But the fact is, the numbers don't prove that it's a systemic racism problem. The situation, remember I said situational police, doesn't prove it's a racial problem. So what is Hillary Clinton's vision of policing if she gets in office? Is her plan to reinvent policing? Maybe she can go to my buddies at Invent Help and they can help her patent that idea. But seriously, it's not going to work because I can say it until I'm blue in the face and I'm a black guy. So it's going to take a while. I can say it until I'm blue in the face. There is no reform, none, that will ever, 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 ever tell an officer he cannot respond with deadly force if met with deadly force. Because if her plan is to say, oh, well, if someone points a gun at you, then tase them. Oh, if someone points a gun at you, then pepper spray them. Okay, I'll do that, Madam President. And then you can go to my family like you've gone to the families of all of these individuals who were suspects, who were armed with guns, who fought with police, you can go to my family and say, oh, I got your spouse killed, I got your father killed, I got your brother killed based on my new police reform to appease my black voters. You know, the black voters I'm not going to even mention again once I get in the office. 
unless I'm going for re-election. Then they'll see me in four years, kind of like they did with Obama. Let's be honest. What has he done for the black community? But if you're a refugee, if you're from another country, hey, you're welcome here. We'll provide funding for you. We'll do this for you. But yet we still have ghettos in this country. We still have crime in those ghettos under a democratic rule, under the first black president who, if he had a son, he would look like Trayvon, right? But yet and still, you didn't keep up your end of the deal on all of these promises to the black community, to black folks, but yet you want to blame white police officers for all the worldly problems, right? Because you need that vote to get now Hillary Clinton in office. And I assure you, if she gets in the office, I assure you, you will not hear anything else about Black Lives Matter movement from her, about, oh, I understand how you feel. You won't hear any of that. She's going to have her own agenda, which she has had from day one, getting in the office and then forgetting about the black community until it's time for re-election. If you don't believe it, go back for the last eight years, the first black president in the office, right? And black America was so excited. Like they made history, right? Because no one ever thought it would happen, right? And it was just supposed to be magical. And there were not going to be any more projects. There were not going to be any more drugs in the black community. There was not going to be any more violence in the black community. But yet the murder rate in his city has gone up. The crime rate, the murder rate across the country has gone up. But yet and still, it's because of racist white police, right? That's the answer we've been given for the last eight years. You know, I, I, I heard Hillary Clinton uh, when uh, Keith Scott got killed say, here we go again, adding another name to the long list of names of black males killed by police in this country, and it has to stop. Well, since Keith Scott, 11 people who look just like Hillary Clinton, and I mean that to say white males, have been shot and killed by police, but yet the person that looks just like these 11 people is telling the country that it's just a systemic racist problem in the black community. Now, me, and I can't say for sure because I've never been one, but if I was a white American and I heard someone that wants my vote only ever talk about what's going on in the black community and if I was one of these 11 family members or the five that were killed on the same day as Keith Scott, I would be highly offended that you seem to only care if it happens to the black community. And I would be even more offended if I never heard from you. And then I would start to think that maybe, just maybe, 
that you really don't care about the problem. You really just need the vote. And if I was one of these family members or a white American, I would probably be blasting you on Twitter. Wait, I've already done that personally. But I would be blasting you on Twitter to say, why should we vote for you when we already had a president for only black America for the last eight years? So why would I vote for you to be the president of black America for the next four to eight years? Hmm. Something to think about there. Something to think about. And getting back to the whole police terrorized communities. <laughs> here, here, Here's an interesting concept. I, I don't know if you're even going to get this. You don't think police live in terror? You don't think those officers in Los Angeles that shot the kid that ran from them with the gun and pointed the gun at them were terrorized by that event? You don't think that it was hard for them to go to sleep that night? You don't think that they worry that at any given second someone may pull up to them and shoot them because of all of this divisiveness that has happened in the last eight years? That is terror, just like not being able to walk down the streets of Chicago if you're black, to me, is terror. If we're talking about terror and violence, Hillary Clinton, because let me explain something to you. It is terror when you're dealing with an armed suspect. I've done it. You know why it was terrorizing? Because in those few seconds, you start to think, and I know it happens quick. I know it happens, but sometimes it's like slow motion. In those few seconds, you start to think, man, I may not see my wife again. Man, my three-year-old son's at home waiting for me to come home. Man, my daughter may not ever see her dad again. Man, what are they going to do if I'm not here? That's terror to me. Not, oh, I got a call. Police had to shoot someone who was armed with a gun. That's not terror. That's not violence. That is protecting and serving the community. So, Hillary Clinton, if you want to use words like terror and violence, use them appropriately. I dare you, I challenge you to go ask any officer if they don't live in terror. They live it every day because they don't know at a split second if stuff's going to hit the fan. Here's what I equate it to, right, since we're talking terror. Do you think the people in the World Trade Center that day knew the plane was going to hit the building? Nope. There's probably a few people, and I just got back from the 9-11 memorial when I was out in New York a few weeks ago. There's probably a few people, and when I was there I was thinking about this, that for a split second looked out their window and saw this plane coming at them, and all they could say is, oh, beep, that's terror. When you're walking down the street in New York and a bomb goes off next to you and it blows your leg off, that is terror. But if someone calls 911 and says there's a guy with a gun pointing it at people, robbing them, and then that said guy gets shot and killed, that's not terror. That is protecting and serving the community. So, I say again, Hillary Clinton, 
If you want to use the word terror to describe police, use it correctly. Talk about the terror that they live with every day. If you want to use violence to talk about police, use it correctly. Talk about the violence that they face every day. And look no further than the five officers in Dallas, Texas, or the three in Baton Rouge. That was violence. That was terror. Because although they were out protecting and serving and making sure other people were out of harm's way, they were still terrorized because, hey, they're human. Nobody wants to get shot at. Nobody wants that. Trust me. They're not RoboCop. That was a sorry, crappy movie back in 1980s. But that's not police mentality. They're human. And if we're going to riot for some, let's riot for all. If we're going to riot for every black man that gets shot and killed by police, hell, let's riot for the 364 white men that have been shot and killed by white police. But you can't do that because it goes against your agenda. It goes against dividing this country to get certain people in the office. But hey, this is not a political show. This is beyond the badge. I just had to vent on these topics. It's time for roll call. And this one is only fitting simply because I want to talk to you about what real terror is, Hillary Clinton. Tonight's roll call, I honor Corporal Harvey Snook III, Arlington County Police Department, Virginia. End of watch, January 14th, 2016. He was diagnosed with cancer in 2014 as part of his recovery efforts at the Pentagon on September 11th, 2001. You remember that day, the biggest terrorist attack in U.S. history then and even now, you know, where almost 3,000 Americans died, you know, real terrorism. Since Hillary Clinton, you talked about police being terrorist and terrorizing communities. Here's one that went to protect and serve the citizens of Virginia during a terror attack. And he died 15 years later, but yet he did what he swore to do on that day, the biggest terrorist day in this country. He did what he swore to do, protect and serve. He was out looking for bodies looking for remains, and because of it, he contracted cancer, and he died 15 years later. So tonight, I honor Corporal Harvey, Harvey Snook III, Arlington County Police Department, Virginia. Thank you for your service, not only with the police department, but thank you for your service on that day. I remember it like it was yesterday. I, I thank you for that. I appreciate you for that. We love you for that. I love you guys for listening Remember, I'm on a cruise this coming Thursday through Monday. So if I sound a little tired next week, you know why. Hey, thanks for listening. I love you. Good night. To continue the conversation, get updates on the show, and to find out when you can see him on television, follow Vincent on Twitter at Vincent Hill TV. That's at Vincent Hill TV. This has been Beyond the Badge on Radio Influence. 
Radio Influence brings you the best in digital media broadcasting. When it comes to sports, we've got experts like national sports radio host Rich Herrera, the fabulous sports babe, former Major League Baseball manager Kevin Kennedy, and former Bellator matchmaker Sam Kaplan. Want a good laugh? And go on the beach with Pants and Roller Girl, or just LOL with Nancy Alexander. And when it comes to real life, Dangerous Conversation with Scott Ledger and Beyond the Badge with Vincent Hill will make you think. When it comes to what you want, Radio Influence has you covered. Find our programming on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and RadioInfluence.com. <laughs> 